Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Hi, it's episode 32, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, David Formel from Sussex. Good afternoon. And Mark Stoll from California. Good morning. Right, um, let's begin by talking about VAR, my favourite thing, favourite thing in the world. Um, as listeners will know, I'm a big fan of um, VAR. Um, uh, it came to the rescue, it seems, on 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 uh, Wednesday night. Um, chaps, have you ever witnessed a game with that much tension and drama um, and that level of excitement as, as we had on Wednesday night? No, definitely not. I I thought about it afterwards later on that afternoon and the World Cup game in 2002 against Argentina was the closest I could sort of put to it or, or compare to with such a, a lightning, lightning start and just the tension throughout. And yeah, VAR definitely saved us, I think, because, you know, they... The ball went in the net and the celebration started and if VAR wasn't there, I truly don't believe anything would have been pulled back. Everybody just would have been gone with it. So it definitely helped. Yeah, it's a fascinating game. I'm tempted to say it had everything, but it didn't have a sending off. Um, Fortunately, that would have spoilt it. Um, it didn't have any nastiness. Actually, I was quite impressed with all both sides. Um, they, they gave it their all without any nastiness uh, going on in the pitch. Um, there's a lot. Is there a child in the background? It's, it's probably a, Pep. Uh... It's Pep. <laughs> Pep crying. <laughs> but uh, we, we've not we've not really witnessed this before, have we? And I, I've never. I can't remember game anything like that i really can't at any time um but of course var's changed that hasn't it and and we're having to live with this i would imagine as a neutral that they all love the game and and the var actually enhanced the game for them but it wouldn't to the person on the receiving end of of the the bad decision if you like the decision against them which would be the man city supporters they must have hated that Absolutely hated it, but and we gave them a lot of stick yesterday as well over it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, it. I. The, the last, the last gasp point, which is where um, Aguero was offside. You certainly wouldn't have blamed the linesman uh, not giving that. Um, if VAR, it's all with some buts. But if, if VAR hadn't existed, would Lorente's goal have been given? Yes, definitely. Right. And with the Sterling goal at the end, would that have been given? Was it Sterling or Aguero? It was Sterling's goal. But, Sterling goal. Um, Aguero was in the offside I, and pulled it back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I doubt that one because he's it, it's so tight. And don't forget, Aguero's the nearest person to the linesman, so he would have covered the line, and the linesman couldn't have been sure. And the linesman's uh, direction is, if he can't be sure, he doesn't put his flag up, mm. and he didn't. So, I. I genuinely think they would have scored at the end there and they would have um, come away as winners and we'd have been on the back of a, 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 a unfortunate decision yeah. but an understandable one I mean at, at the time when it happened um, when it when both of you were watching on TV did you before it went to VAR did did did, did either of you have an inkling that it was off that, that it was offside or, or was it Head in hands, and and you you assumed that, that they scored, and that was that. Head in hands for me, yeah. absolutely head in hands. And in fact, my one of my thoughts was, well, I'm not going to go up there on Saturday now. Mm. It was my instant reaction. I'm not going. I'm not going to the game. I can't stand it. I, <laughs> I've never said that before. I just, oh no, 
Oh, no, 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 no. I, I could sense it coming as well, and I thought, no, not to us again. Please, it can't be right. <laughs> I, I can't think... I mean, yeah, certainly within the stadium, when it happened, when Ericsson lost the ball and they scored, I was effing and blinding, and, and, and it was just that feeling of, of... Similar to Anfield a few weeks ago, when it's sort of the end of the game, and you're just sort of holding on, you're holding on, yeah. and, and, and they score, and it's so late in the game, you know there's no comeback. Yep. Um, and that was my feeling at, at that time. But suddenly, going from because of VAR, we went from one emotion. And and by the way, the, the, obviously the the, the 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 implementation of VAR and the decision that was derived was was a correct one. Um, straight away, I went from one emotion to the next, and that was that was obviously the case with with our players and, 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 and with our manager. And similarly, for the City fans, they would have gone from one high to, to one low pep, as we saw famously jumping up up and down on the touchline, thinking that, that he'd won it. And then suddenly within, I don't know, was it seconds or probably minutes or a minute or so, it felt like a felt like minutes more than any, it felt like a lifetime. He goes from, from another emotion. So that, I don't, you couldn't have got that level of drama without, I suppose, VAR. Um, and I'm struggling to think of any game involving Spurs that has had that level of drama. Um, I can think of games. Uh, Mark mentioned the England Argentina game. I can think of other games: uh, Brazil, Italy, the '82 World Cup for the three-two Italy win, Paolo Rossi hat trick. There, there's another game from Euro '84. France played Portugal. I think it went into extra time. It might have been in the semis. France won three-two. And if you listen back to that. Um, John Watson's doing the commentary, and it, and there's a bit where he's he just completely loses it completely, and and I think he's subsequently in, in interviews when he's talked about that game, he's actually quite apologetic that he's got so emotional about it, and he's, he's shouting Tigana, 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 right. Platini goal, and it's just it's, uh, there's been all of these games. There's famously the the four three, the Newcastle Liverpool, but I can't think of any with Spurs. Um, not to the same magnitude. Yeah, there have been some, funny enough, there have been some classic games with, with, with involving Man City over the years. There was a, a 5, I think it was 5-2 or 5-3 game when they beat us in the 90s. There was the, the cup tie early 2000s when we were 3-0 up at White Hart Lane and they came back oh, and won 1-4-3. Um, there was a game, um, I think it was in the late 60s involving Spurs and Man City. Um Mike Summerby was on, on the score sheet the other day, who I, who I met the other night after the match, um, very briefly. Um, very nice guy. He, he was uh, very, even though his team had just been beaten, he, he congratulated Spurs and, uh, uh, and and said, well well played. And I, and I patted him on the back and I, and I wished him, wish City the best of best of luck, luck with regards to the league. Anyway, there have been some, certainly Spurs and Man City, there have been some great games. Even the, even the Crouch game, the, the, the header... Um, when we had to win to it was effectively a playoff for, for, for the Champions League, there'd, there'd be some great games, but I can't think of any well, that level of dry, I, drama and excitement involving our club. Well, I th- probably if I'm going to throw one in, the 81 Cup final, the yeah, replay. Yeah, good shout. Yeah, yeah. Because um, um, we were 1 0 up and then they went 2 1 up. And of course, we know the rest because Ricky Villier, who was dragging himself off for the first game and in almost humiliation. And then this was his cup final. Ardiles was the big name. Um, Ricky Villier came with him, was uh, the second string to him, really. And of course, he went on to, to, to that was, well, what is sort of regarded as one of the best cup final goals ever. So that had some. And, and you forget that now. But yesterday, as you say, had the VAR. That's the difference. It just changed everything. You know, for one emotion of them running up and down. And we had afterwards, the, the fallout after that was that poor <laughs> Mad City supporter who's come out the ground early to miss the lot. And the bloke comes up with a microphone and says, well, I am sorry. He said, why? We won. No, you didn't. <laughs> you lost. It's, <laughs> it was it was scrubbed off. You're joking. You know, oh, it's just, just you, you couldn't make it up, really. It's just the drama. Just the drama. It was it was it was weird because when the goal went in, I I just I was done, you know I was just done. Walked away, just 
you know, you just go for all those emotions and you start trying to make yourself feel better and like, well, you know, we gave it our all and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, you hear that VAR's coming in and then, and then you, and you, when you, when I saw it live, it didn't look possible that it was, it didn't look offside. No. So you're like, well, it didn't look offside. I mean, what are they even talking about? And then when you saw the replay, it was clear as day and it was just such a relief. But then, even then, it was, but are they still going to give it? Because no matter what you say about VAR, it still comes down to interpretation at times and a human decision. I mean, we've we've seen it this a lot this season, and so there was still the nerves there. But it was unbelievable. It was such a such a relief, and we we deserved it. Mm. I don't care what anybody says. We damn well deserved it. Well, the great thing is, of course, it's the away goal, so there couldn't be a draw. So whichever goal came along, they were winning, sort of thing, wasn't it? It's you just yeah. you you won the game, and the moment they won it, then it was scrubbed off. We'd won it, so there was no draw, <laughs> and that that was a great drama. I, I, actually, what I was doing, I'd got a she's an old school friend, and I've never seen her since school, so that's how long ago. Um, and uh, she uh, messaged me and said, "I'm not watching this. A big Spurs supporter. I'm not watching it. Can you please update me?" And I'm trying to type and watch. And, and of course, I, I just typed, we've lost. You know, and I, I couldn't put the passion into those words, but we've lost. Oh, you're joking. No. Nope. And then I went, oh, hang on a minute. No. Oh, VAR. And then, of course, just put, we've won. We've won. We've won. <laughs> I put it out four times, I think. And it must have, must have confused her for a moment that, that uh, what was going on. And I was just typing, we won so many times. I, it, it's just, I'm still excited about it now, talking about it. Mm. Just what a, what a great night. I, I know we haven't won um, a trophy with all this, but if you can't celebrate a win like that, when, you can, when can you? Absolutely. I mean, because obviously it, it, it was two legs and, 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 and whatnot, um, and there's been, I suppose, few occasions where we've been involved in two-legged ties like this, whereby we've gone through. If we if we do go through, well, either either we don't go through and we're out, or we go through, but it's 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 a bit more clear clear cut. But this wasn't. We we went for on 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 away goal. So effectively, yeah, we we lost the game on the night. But I can't think of any time where a defeat has felt so sweet. We we managed to lose, draw, and win on on the same night. Um, trying to trying to explain that concept to somebody who doesn't understand football is it, it can take a very long time to explain away goals and 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 whatnot and two legs. But um, the post match celebrations we'll, we'll analyse the game in, in a bit. But the um, there's obviously that video that's, that's been going around on social media where Pochettino. Goes in the dressing room and everybody's shouting and he and he he does that thing where he's sort of uh, what well, he's he's basically saying we've got big cojones as, as he would say big balls um, sort of gesture and then he then he starts to punch the um, the clipboard um, subsequently I, I I heard him say something along the line or, or, or something was written somewhere where apparently he said that he wouldn't want He'd seen a video and he wouldn't want that to be leaked on social media. Well, it's a little bit too late for that now. I thought it was I thought it was, it was refreshing to see the players. Well, firstly the manager celebrating the way that he did, and then the players singing um, the Musa Sissoko chant. Um, it just it shows the mental strength for us to to to, to come back and and get through that tie, um, and also the spirit and the camaraderie within the squad. Well, of course, they were chanting Musa Sissoko because he'd gone back in the change room. Of course, yeah. thought thought we'd lost. He he just slumped into the change room on his own because the goal was, was given and they were running around. He he wasn't having any of it, and I don't blame him. And of course, he the, one of the coaching staff went in and said, "We've won," because they've all gone in and given it large to him and and just behaving. That's what I loved about it. They were behaving just the same as the supporters, chanting the same things and the same childish behaviour as we have when we're out on the terraces. That's what I love to see. But I was worried because I did think that might impact on yesterday's game, that all, all Pep had to do was show his lads that uh, that bit of footage. But if he did, it, it, it didn't look that way yesterday. No, and no. It didn't play out that way. No, absolutely. Um, let's... 
let's rewind back to the beginning of that match. Now we're we're, we're one nil up um, on aggregate, and you know the objective objective is very clear. If we get another goal, keep it tight. Don't don't give away an early goal. And if we can get another one, <laughs> City are going to need three. Um, what did Man City do? Or do they score a very early goal? Early goal, which I thought. Some of the football City played that night I thought was really good. Um, they certainly moved the ball about quickly. The positioning of the players was very quick, and and, and often we were it, they, effectively they, they pulled us apart and 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 they were able to capitalise. But I, I also felt that often we were slow to react to, to some of that. And the Sterling strike, as, as good as it was, I, it you could see it almost happen. Certainly from where I was, quite high up. I had sort of a good overall perspective. I could I could see it straight away when he got the ball. They're going to carve us open here. They're going to, they're going to do it, and they did. And I, I thought defensively at times we made it too easy for them. And yeah, not the best of starts, conceding a goal early on. And then up comes Sonny, and he scores not one but two. And at that point, you're thinking, right, it's, it's we're whatever it is, three one, three yep. one on aggregate. Um, they're going to need to score. Three goals. Three goals, yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I, it was weird because I felt on Thursday at times I thought our best form of defence was, was attack. I just felt nervous every time. I thought we need another one just to be safe. Oh, yeah. After after the after the second, you know, you just... Everyone's thinking, all right, now just, just, just go like 10 minutes. Without, mm. Just hold it. Just hold it. And then that didn't happen at all. You know, so it's like, oh God, it's going to be one of those. It's you know, it's just either they're going to just trounce us now, or you know, it's going to be one of those nights, and it just ended up being one of those nights. Our defence, our defence is everything. We 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 cannot possibly appreciate this defence we've had for the last three or four seasons anymore because they are absolutely everything to us. They really are. They've been such a great foundation. Even conceding goals like that, the, the, the way they held up was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I even allowed myself when that when Sonny got the second one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm dancing around the room like mad. But I'm, I'm thinking then we've got this. I allowed that silly thought in my head. We've got this. Yeah. They're not going to score three, surely. You know, we've got this. And that, that that's the roller coaster of it. It's biz- a bizarre game. You know, you're allowing yourself these thoughts. You know, I can't believe it. We've gone up there to the Etihad in their own backyard and, and giving them a right old tonking at that moment. You know, two goals with three, one up. But uh, it was a foolish thought on my part. <laughs> Here we are. Well, I, I can't remember a start in any game where you've got as many as what was it, four goals in the first 12 minutes. And, and I just turned around to a, fr- a friend of mine and I said, it's, it's going to be a long night. I, I can see it's going to be a few more goals. <laughs> um, well, then It was then, what, 3-2, and we were going at half-time. And then second half, you're thinking, OK, we just need to keep this tight. And I, again, I, I, I still felt that we needed to get another goal. And they made it 4-2, and then the momentum swung in, in their favour. And particularly I felt that second half, after Sissoko had come off with an injury, um, Lorente obviously came on, and, you know, he's not as mobile as some of our other players. And I, and, I, and that's particularly the way that we play football and we like to press teams. Um, I think that that affected us and we seemed to be playing a lot deeper in the second half and I couldn't for long periods I couldn't see a scoring goal and then we had a little spell yeah. where um, we did attack and we did force a corner and interestingly after a whole load of corners that Ericsson had taken which had, which had failed to beat the first man we had one corner first on the right hand side that Danny Rose took so an in swinger with the left foot um, and then that resulted in uh, another corner and uh, City player heading out play, and then it was Trippier, not Ericsson, in swinger from um, the opposite side of the pitch, and uh, up pops Lorente and scores, and then suddenly we had the, the 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 whole VAR thing, and it took a lifetime for them to make that decision, and obviously at home you've got the benefit of watching watching the replays, and and you can yeah. judge for yourselves, and we haven't. 
Yeah. And it's just going on and on and on and on, and I'm thinking, this doesn't bode well. If if there was any certainty, they would have given it by now. And lo and behold, well, they give a goal. Yeah, the, the, what, what came across on the TV was that, that, that back at wherever they're looking at it, in, in Milton Keynes or something, um, they clearly thought there was something to look at, and they informed the referee, you need to go and look at the screen. The referee did have a hard look at it, and he put his hands out sideways in, in a gesture that said, I don't know I'm bothering to look at this. Hmm. It's, it's a good goal. It's a good goal. He just put his arm, you know, that, that continental arms out sideways as if they, you know, I don't understand your language, go away. Um, it was that sort of gesture that said to me, well, that, he, he doesn't see any problem with it at all. And there wasn't. I mean, it, it, it did brush the arm, but it was very light. I mean, it just took a few hairs off his wrist, really. Um, but it came off the thigh. And, that's, and his view, and I could see, if, if, I'm, if I'm right, what he was looking at, and I think I am, um, that view, the view he had particularly, it didn't even look as though it hit his arm. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, that, 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 I'm not sure that they should have directed him even to, to see it. You know that that's what worries me about making an answer to VAR. But hey, who cares? Absolutely. Who cares? Um, yeah, at full three, when that when that goal was awarded, um, we're obviously three at that point on 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 aggregate it's four all, and we're three on the away goals. And again, like I keep saying before, I kept saying we need another goal, we need another goal. But at the same time, both myself and my mate James, um, we kept saying to one another, thirty minutes left. 25 minutes left 20 you know 15 just counting down and it got to about 88 and and, and James said there's two more minutes left and I was like well no this there's going to be quite a bit of injury time and I was like, oh, no, it's fine it, it, it doesn't matter we, we, we get to 90 and it's a milestone and I was like thinking no but this city team just give them a few minutes and, and they can break away and they've got the pace to, to, to hit us and, and, and pull us apart and yeah Back to I suppose where we started, and and then they scored that goal, and and uh, and the rest is history. Like I said earlier, we just went from one emotion to the next, and when that final whistle blew, obviously everybody was Spurs fan was was de- delighted. Um, and then we started singing, Spurs fans started singing um, uh, VAR to the Lord's Prayer, um, which was quite amusing. Um, VAR, my Lord, VAR. VAR, my lord, VAR, um, and and so forth, and and even coming out of the stadium, they were they were singing that, and um, yeah, um, it's amazing. You, you've got to go back to we, we forget this, but if you go back to the first leg, we had a VAR decision which I think was was wrong, which was the um, the handball. Um, I'm not sure what Rose could have done with his hand in that instance, um, and I, I think it was a little bit harsh, but the penalty was given. Um, arguably, I think it was the wrong decision, but and, and it just goes to show that, that that you can get it wrong with VR, VAR. It's not perfect, but ironically, it might have been the fact that they had that penalty and Hugo made that save that could have given could have been a real turning point in, in that match. It might have given us that 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 real lift that that we needed to spur us on. Um, between you and I, chaps, I'm still not a fan of VAR. Despite everything that's happened in the last few days, um, I still have my doubts about it, and I'm still a purist, and I don't think there's any place for it in the game. So there we are. I just think it—it it, it just—it still needs a lot of work, and like I said earlier, it still comes down to a decision point because it—it it seems like it, we're only prepared to use it in the penalty area as well. I mean, City got that penalty last week. Not one person in the in the stadium, it seems, saw anything, but they picked it out, right, and gave the penalty. And then Fernandinho can just lay an elbow on the back of Kane's head, then push Kane's head down, and nobody saw that. We couldn't use VAR for that occasion. I mean, seriously. And then prior to that, I don't know whether you guys saw the... Um, the Manchester United Wolves game where Lindelof got a red card rescinded, which was just absolutely unbelievable because it was clear as day without a replay that that was a red card offence. And again, it came to, that came down to a human decision, obviously, and somebody decided that it was just a yellow card offence. So, yeah, it's still very sketchy for me. 
I, I would absolutely agree with you, Mark. I think I, 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 I'm the opposite to Jav. I, I kept saying, yep, we need VAR. Are we going to get VAR? Of course we're going to get VAR. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, but I, I was at the debacle last season, the FA Cup with uh, uh, Newport County, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, it was Rochdale, wasn't it? Rochdale. Yeah. And we're sitting, we're sitting in the snow. And it was, uh, I, I, I think they took about four minutes on one of them. And we had no idea what was going on. We're sitting in this cold, biting wind, snow driving onto us. <laughs> oh, goodness sake, it can't be like this. You know, it's just ridiculous. And, and I have to admit, since then, I've been very disappointed with how... The, it's not VAR that's the problem. I mean, all it is is a video replay, but it's how we're using it. And uh, you're absolutely right, Mark, to pick up, pick on that pick up on that point with Fernandinho I mean that was just nasty I had no place really in football that goes back to the soonest days and what have you where you give someone a little bit extra you leave your calling card on someone you know just kick them when you get up or Leeds United used to do that you know a little bit of extra that there's no place in the game for that and and why isn't it used then you know the referee didn't see it well we'll get you to have a look at it and then he should have looked at it and said Fernandinho there's a red card bang he actually had a word with Kane because Kane got pissed off and kind of shoved Ferdinand Fernandinho off off yeah. of him, right? And he yeah. had a word with Kane over it. Yeah, bizarre, wasn't it? Absolutely bizarre. But there we are, we're through. Absolutely. Um, John Steggles, I think we've already discussed this. City should have been down to ten men, and a non-penalty Rose went there way in the first leg they should also have been out of the FA Cup if VAR had been used at Swansea imagine going out like that how does the panel feel, feel about VAR now I think we've we've discussed that one just one thing on, on VAR I'm not there are a number of reasons why I'm against it and one of which is uh, silly as this sounds I'm a purist and I, and and I think that the game of football that one of the beauties of football is that that, that game that you can play at Sunday league level and uh, uh, in some of the lower leagues and in the Premier League and the Champions League and the World Cup, it is that same game. It's it's eleven against eleven of football pitch. Some goal got some goals or even jumpers for goalposts. Goal, goal and if you start to introduce the VAR, you can't really introduce it at every level at the moment. And then it creates that level of um, disparity, and it's not like the same game that's being being played. Having said all of that. If we accept the fact that VAR is going to be at the top level of football, then most of the top grounds in football, our ground, City's ground for example, have got big screens. They have got the technology that can allow for those replays to be played out inside the stadium. And I I don't know why they don't do that. At least the fans inside would know. I understand that often in real time they're not allowed to play back goals or controversial Controversial decisions um, because it can apparently, you know, it, it can cause problems. For example, fans to behave in a certain way. But I certainly think for, for VAR, that that footage that you get, those replays that you get at home, watching it on TV, that should that should be there for for, for the fans as well. Um, another one from John Steggles. He just says uh, on Wednesday's game, he says, results like Wednesday do not happen to Spurs after all the shit that we've had to swallow through the years um, that's some sort of karma come back to us in that game the VAR handball and offside imagine the dev- devastation for the fans club players to lose like that was that the greatest defeat in our history as we drew and lost in the same game <laughs> yeah I reckon it is has to be that is, yep I, I'm sure it is the greatest defeat the most glorious defeat <laughs> Yeah, it definitely. It definitely was. My son said that. He, my son said two things after the game to me. He said, um, "He said best defeat ever," and he said, "Var man of the match." <laughs> <laughs> Before we look at City again in yesterday's game, um, just thoughts ahead. The next round of the we're in the semi-finals, guys. Can you believe it? Semi-finals of the Champions League. Um, the top European competition. We stopped yep. City from doing the quadruple. So we've got Ajax, Ajax next over two legs. Um, first leg is at home a week Tuesday, and the second leg will be the following week um, away from home uh, on the Wednesday. Um, how do you see that shaping up? Do you think we've got a chance of getting through to the final? Do you think we're the favourites? 
There you go. Um, I'm ab- I'm absolutely thrilled to be playing Ajax, knowing our connect the connections between the clubs. You know, there there's a lot of likenesses between our clubs, and I just think it's going to be. Fact, they're going to be two fantastic games. It's going to be like almost like a celebration of football, and you know, City and Juventus in the last year spent three hundred and thirty-eight million pounds on players. Ajax and Tottenham between them fifty point seven million. And oh, by the way, Tottenham didn't spend a penny. So football wins, as far as I'm concerned, for both of us getting mm. through. Um, you know, Ajax have. We, we both deserve to be there. We we were 12 minutes away from being eliminated back in November. Ajax have beaten Real Madrid and Juventus on the you know to to get where they are, and you know we're we're at home again in the first leg, and Ajax have done all their work in both their previous knockout games away from home. That's where they've actually come through. So this first leg is going to be massive, absolutely massive. If we can contain the, them and their record, and I really, I truly think we can. I could truly believe we could we could just um, frustrate them and hit them on the counter and do what you need to do in the Champions League, take our chances mm. and, and go through. I really do. David, I watch... We, sorry, Mark... We 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 got to start believing at some point. What what more needs to happen for our fans to have some faith? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But by the way, our our fans can't have it both ways. They can't go into games <laughs> thinking, oh, you know, we're not we're punching above our weight, or or on the one hand, and then on the other hand, think to themselves. Um, we're in a semi-final and come on Spurs, don't let us down, that sort of attitude or, or oh, well, it's Pochettino, he doesn't take a cup seriously, etc, etc. Oh, we're, we're, yeah. we're in the semi-finals of the Champions League, Champions League. We were there on merit. We haven't done it, we haven't made it easy for ourselves. You know, if you go back right from the beginning, from that first game in the San Siro, we, 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 we didn't get the result that we should have. Um, no. You know, we, we deserved at least a point, if not all three. And then it was going to be very difficult from there on in, but yet we we managed to to get as far as we have, and that that is testament to the players and the manager. And you've got to get behind them, and you've got to back them, and you can't. I'm sick and tired of listening to Spurs fans moan and and be critical when on the occasions when Pochettino might make some mistakes, and he does occasionally. He does sometimes maybe make substitutions too late, and sometimes he might rest a player when perhaps it's not warranted, or sometimes a particular player might not not be having the best game. But for fuck's sake, they've got us this far, you know? And and they can get us... They're more than capable of getting us further. Um, David, I I briefly watched some of the Juventus-Ajax game the other night um, before, before our game. And I was quite impressed with, with Ajax, and I think there's been a lot of talk um, by some of our fans, by some people in the media, suggesting that Ajax are the under, underdogs. I don't think they are, actually. I think they are a very accomplished outfit, and I think it will. It won't be difficult. I think it will. They will prove. They will provide a challenge. Um, I think. I think, though, looking at the draw, in many ways, I think that perhaps that we might have been the t- team they feared most, and I think we're more than capable of beating them. Um, whether we will remains to be seen. Um, they certainly can pass the ball about, move the ball about very well. Um, I don't think they they play with the intensity, intensity and the sort of in-your-face way that Liverpool and, and City do. And, and I think we've we've certainly got the experience to to, to get past them as well as the quality. Um, I know coming up on the on the way to Manchester yesterday, you, you mentioned you'd recorded the game. Have you had a chance to watch any of it back? And oh no, I watched it the other day. Okay. No, I, no, I said I watched it the other day. I carefully I, I recorded the game um, on BT Sport Three, so uh, uh, so I'd watch it again later. And I did watch it, and uh, I was really impressed, really impressed with them. I mean, there's no doubt delight at the back. I mean, he's only 19. He's a brick outhouse. With he's delightful. Crit- Yes, he is. <laughs> he certainly is. But at 19, you know, he, he, as someone said, someone needs to check his passport. And, and, and uh, they're not wrong. 
you know what a what a guy um tadic i mean he, he's a absolute match made in heaven for them there he is with the experience a club who believe in him southampton didn't he's the playmaker he clearly is the motivator around them he, he's playing all these passes and scoring goals um and, and um de jong in the, in the midfield a powerhouse absolute powerhouse uh in amongst them great and, and, and just as mark said um if you've just knocked out and scored four goals against madrid and knocked out juventus both in both occasions it just clearly looked like i neither team um gave them enough credit before going into that game and paid the ultimate price Pochettino and Spurs will not underestimate them. We might as fans or overestimate, but they won't. That doesn't mean to say we'll win it, but I'm sure with watching that footage, they'll see a very um, a capable side and capable of putting us out. But once we get to the semi-finals, Liverpool, Barcelona, ourselves and Ajax are all capable of beating each other on our day. We've got every right to be there. And that's what we're celebrating from uh, Wednesday. Uh, and, and great stuff and here we are um, given a, 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 a it will be tight I, I don't underestimate them by any means of course we can beat them absolutely just as we could you know you wondered oh can we beat Man City we're playing them three times in was it ten days I firmly believed that Man City wouldn't win all three um, and that proved right because we beat them 1-0 on one of the games and of course Wednesday you think you won there, but no, we lost. But we did what we needed to do. And that's the difference now. It's what Pochettino has been after, his mental strength. That's what he keeps on about, that mental strength coming into games. Not You can lose it before you come out the change room if you're not careful. And, and I've not seen that from our side. And we've had to be up against all sorts of things. With losing Kane early on in that first game against them and not having him and playing for Fernanda up front and as you said you know he's, he's not we play this pressing game to some degree shutting him down well because he couldn't do that and yet we with the mental strength and going behind we still came out with a result and I, I will need that mental strength against Ajax we mustn't underestimate them they are a quality side but yeah we can go we definitely can go through to a final mm. if we get that right on the day yeah potentially barcelona or liverpool will await but let, let's 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 concentrate on on getting past ajax first um right let's let's move on to yesterday so i found myself in manchester once again um drove up with with david um it was a hot day a very very hot day um and uh it was City's chance for revenge and our chance to gloat a little bit. Um, a few comments and questions from listeners. Kent Goodrich, he just says, um, his Twitter handle is at Kent Goodrich. I feel good. If I'm honest, City could have beaten us 17-0 today and I'd still feel good because we're in the semi-finals of the Champions League and they aren't. Um, Rob Craxford, I'm exhausted. I wish we could have got one point. And then he goes on to say, is our passing off or was City very good at anticipation? I mean, he makes a good point there because we did certainly lose the ball a lot. And now, was that because we were just sloppy in our passing and, and bringing the ball out of the back, or or were they were they quick to pounce and pick up the ball? I think we were just. I think we're just tired. We're just worn out, and you know we've got players in there that are tired and definitely not fully fully fit yet no matter what anybody says and it just it was just a defensive we we defended really well and unfortunately our, our midfield and our attacking players couldn't do what we needed them to do when they got the ball just we're just so depleted right now yeah it was it was, it was uh bit of both I said yesterday I was standing there looking at this giving the ball away and I said, we're just not loving the ball enough here we're not we're not keeping it um, but but it is both because City still I mean they came at us very hard and fast that's why they got the early goal they were up for that and wanted to get the early goal but what yet again and, and you're quite right Mark I mean Dyer um, is certainly not match fit I mean we brought Foyth in five changes were made yesterday 
he still throws me. I, I, I never, he always picks a team I don't expect. I did expect changes, but, and I credit him. And, I, and we almost did a job. And I think we were unlucky not to come away with a point. I, I, yeah. I, I really think we were worth a point yesterday in the end. But, you know, again, that's mental strength. After Wednesday, you'd think, you know, the, and you're right, we were tired, Mark, a little bit tired, but we put out a performance. And I, and I agree with Ken. I did say yesterday on the way up, it could be just 10-0, and I won't care. It, it, we can't lose today because I firmly believe we'll still get the top four. Um, and, and this game will stand for nothing in the end. As much as they want to come at us, we got the golden ticket. We got the golden ticket Wednesday. So what, no matter what we talk about yesterday's game, it matters not to me because Wednesday was the all-important one. We had our fair share of chances yesterday to, to get something. And, and, to, and I think towards the end, I felt we were unlucky not to come, come away with a point because I think there was a period in the second half where we d- did put a bit, bit of pressure on and we deserved something. Although... Um, Again, once again, I was impressed by City. I think when they're at full flow, um, they can be quite clinical. I think Aguero is a superb player. Absolutely so quick-footed, um, fast, but he's also strong. You, you sort of take a look at his fives, and <laughs> he is he is for a small guy. He's he's, he's strong, quick. Um, the goal that we conceded very early on, um, I look back at that, and I felt that Dyer perhaps could have picked up his man. Um, Foden just seemed to ghost in and 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 and, and get a goal. I mean, Sanchez was sort of caught marking him, and I can't remember which which other City player it, it was, but he, he was there was effectively he was left with two players, and Foden just just seemed to, to ghost in and 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 get a goal. So I think we could have perhaps done a little bit better on that goal. Yeah, it was, it was the only real mistake of the day. And it was a dreadful one. I'm standing there thinking, I could see Aguero uh, just crept around the back. And I thought, how did he manage that? Who's not picking? And of course, it was Sanchez. Sanchez stood between the pair of them. You know, they didn't do, didn't do one thing or t'other. And by the time he worked out that Aguero was at the back post, and credit to Aguero, because he, he squared it rather than... Because mm. I did think then, he's a bit wide. I'm, I'm sure Gazzaniga's got this. But he squared it. And then... He didn't get to Foden, who'd come in from his cross. He'd, he'd come in and, and picked up the return. Um, a credit to him. It was the only real bad mistake we made on the on the day, and, and we got punished for it. And we didn't punish them for their errors. But as I say, hey, well, I think most Spurs fans, I think, factored in a loss on that game. We shouldn't do, but we factored in a loss in, in our minds and mm. said, well, you know, that's you know, we'll, we'll have to pick up the rest. We're all doing. We we definitely yeah. did factor in a loss, I think. But I, I would agree with you. I think we definitely could have got a point. But yeah. I think I think in the second half, it was just unfortunate that any chances that we got fell to Lucas and not to Sun. I felt like if those chances had fallen to Sun or if Kane was there, it would have been a different game. Yeah. Mm. Just Lucas, uh, his legs had, had gone by that time as well. And I actually, I actually want... For me, I actually thought after that, Sanchez had a really good game. I thought he was our best. He was our best player. Oh, him, and, was, him and Foyth, I thought were really good. He was strong and calm, and and just everything we needed him. But he was really good, really good. Mm. Yes, it's funny that because um, I, I got my suspicion that we all sort of a lot of people are moaning about Dyer, his midfield. Well, of course he hasn't been fit. He's had a few injuries. I'm sure he'll come back, but. The, the, the word is that he eventually drop into the back four and uh, and I think that's probably the case and I've got a feeling that Foyth will actually now swap with Dyer at some stage and play in front of the back four and, and he'll be that shielding player because his, his background in Argentina was uh, as a midfielder an attacking one at that I, I think that um, yeah he'll get stronger and I think he'll swap over just one of the things I, I suspect but we'll yeah. see I, a lot of people, you're not, you're not the first person who, who, who said that, David. I I think Pochettino likes um, ball-playing centre-halves. Um, and I think that... I think I think that, that Foyth will continue as a centre-back. And I think, I think, ultimately, I think Dyer, Pochettino sees him, and he said it in his book, I think he sees him as a centre-back. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe not for, for for the fact that he's great on the ball, but for other reasons, 
perhaps um, although he's he's okay on the ball, um, but he's maybe he's not as quick quick footed to play in 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 midfield, but he can certainly bring the ball forward. Um, what be this? Sissoko was a wide player at Newcastle, yeah. wide player, and Pochettino's brought him inside, mm. and and it's revolutionised his game really for us. He, he's he's now become uh, one of the, one of the players of the season for us. Yeah. Now, if he had played the full 90 on Wednesday and if he'd played yesterday, we probably would have won both games in the 90 minutes, but that's another story. No, we would have scored at least six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he would have probably missed a sitter as well. There you go. Um, As we were leaving the ground, uh, myself, David, a guy called Sam Moore, uh, who had previously on the podcast a season or so back, I think we were all quite, even though we'd lost the game, we were all just generally in a good mood. And it was a complete contrast to when myself and David left Anfield um, three weeks ago today, when we were a bit downbeat. Um, Some of that was because, yeah, we've probably factored in weeks ago that we were going to lose this match. So our expectations weren't particularly high, but also we were still um, bouncing off the euphoria from from Wednesday night. And uh, we put in a good performance yesterday. We didn't put it bad. It wasn't... Incredible performance, but we we came away. Maybe we we could have got a point. We didn't. Um, there was no sense of being hard done by. Although I suppose um, Delhi had a, a, a reasonable shout for a penalty, which I wonder if if VAR had been in play yesterday, whether, whether that would have been given. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it would have. He moved his he moved his arm to the ball. Yeah, I think so as well. Okay, very briefly, and um, we've got Brighton. Next two games will be uh, Brighton on Tuesday at home, and then West Ham next Saturday at home. Um, how do you see these games going? And also a question from John Steggles, who says four wins gets us Champions League. Can we do it? Yep, absolutely, we can yep. do it. So we've got we've got Brighton and West Ham at home, then Bournemouth away, and then we finish off with Everton at home. Any any doubts in either either of your minds? There's always no. a, there's always a doubt if you like. I mean, if Everton turn up that last game like they did today with Manchester United, mm. something and four nil, they've really found form. But I I've got a feeling that when it comes to Everton, I'm I'm hoping Touchwood that um, that might not be so critical because I I I've no doubts about Brighton, um, West Ham. I think we'll be ready for them as well. Um, I, I I see us win, and I see us winning down at Bournemouth as well. Yeah, I really do. So, the, Bourne, uh, the Bournemouth game is a bit of a worry for me, just because of how close it is. Uh, to, it, the fixture pile-up is the biggest worry for me, mm-hmm. and us having to make decisions and maybe rotate and maybe getting caught out. But saying that, we're playing team Bournemouth and Everton and West Ham. And Brian, all of these players are going to come out. All of these teams are going to come out. They have to. They're going to want to come out and try and win. They're, none of them are going to sit back. They can't afford to. You know, their fans won't allow them to. And I, I watched West Ham yesterday, and their shit. They ain't changed at all. We'll we will get chances against them, and I know. And it was, it's five hundred percent going to be their cup final, for them, big time. They will relish the opportunity to screw our season up but the way they play we're just going to get opportunities against all of these teams yeah. we've just got to take them and we've got home games a lot of home games in there yeah yeah, yeah. three out of the four mm. okay and 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 um yeah both of you feel confident about about the next two games yeah um, absolutely yeah, yeah. okay Right, in the second half of the podcast, we'll take a few more of your questions. But before we do, um, the Spurs ladies were in action this week, uh, today even, I should say, um, earlier today against Charlton. Um, Here is Bex uh, with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hi, it's Bex. Bit of an up and down week in the world of Spurs ladies. They play today, which is Sunday, um, at Charlton Athletic, coming away with a 3-2 win despite having been 2-0 down. Winning goal was scored by Ash Neville um, and is a lovely Joy to behold from a corner. Um, go and have a look at social media to track it there. The downside of life is that Man United women have been promoted. Um, 
guess that's easy to do when you just bought the league, isn't it? When you didn't exist a year ago and you've got ex-England players on your team. I'm not bitter about it at all, but it does seem slightly unfair that they have been given a massive advantage. Sorry, they have been allowed to have a massive advantage by the FA. Anyway, so the girls have a couple more games coming up in the league. So despite the fact that we still have two games to play, the uh, points difference means that United are promoted. The girls play next on Wednesday the 1st of May. They play all the way up in um, the Midlands. They play Aston Villa, and that's a half past nine, half past seven kickoff. Sorry, and then their final game of the season is on the eleventh of May, and that's away at Durham. So two trips to the wilds of the north coming up for them. So what I can't find out is if the top two teams from the WSL two get promoted. I think that's likely to the way the way it is likely to be, but I'm not entirely sure. And if that's the case, then the ladies still have those two games against Villa and Durham. They are really, really big games for them. Team spirit is really, really high. Go and have a look at Twitter to follow the um, Twitter account. Manager Karen Hills uh, was really, really happy with the result from today, unsurprisingly. Um, and I think she's done outstandingly well to produce, to get this team so far. Anyway, I am on Twitter at Bunches Becks if anybody has any questions. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, um, let's finish off with a few more questions. Uh, we were talking about him earlier, uh, one Voigt. Uh, Darren Pamenter asks, Fort Foyt had a decent showing in the league game. How good can he become for us? Mark, uh, if I come to you. I I really see I really see a lot of um kind of Rio Ferdinand quite style to his game and the way he plays and his confidence on the ball. He still has times where he, he overdoes it and he needs to just hoof it out or, or clear it, you know, out of play. But absolutely, if he gets the opportunity to play and he can build build a, a pairing at the back with a with a Yan type um, centre back as well, or like with Sanchez, you know, he's got the strength and the speed to he could be a fantastic player, an absolute Rolls Royce of a central defender. And you know, he's he's had his ups and downs, but his confidence never seems to waver either, which I think will put him in good stead. So I'm I'm pretty pretty excited about him. Plus he's got two of the best centre backs we've ever had, um, you know, to learn from. David, you mentioned earlier that that you foresee that he'll probably end up in midfield. Um, how how good do you think he is? I think he's excellent. I think he's absolutely. I think you'll see eventually a top quality player. Argentina are picking him now, aren't they? So they look at him. Mm. They see a quality player. Um, I'm sure that uh, Ozzy Ardiles and, and uh, Pochettino are giving their reports. They, th- um, which means they think he is a, a, and he is a top quality. He's bulking out this last year. He's put on weight. He's getting stronger, and I think that's going to play in his uh, in his benefit. And uh, uh, he's very very low wages. I notice uh, reports about seventeen thousand pounds a week. I think there'd be a new contract. Oh, must be terrible. Yeah, he is struggling. He is struggling. He can't have. He doesn't get both Sky and BT Sport. I'm afraid he can't afford it. Um, <laughs> they have to renew his contract soon. Um, no, I think he, I think he's a really good quality player. I think that I think the future's really bright with him. We won't be losing him, that's for sure. And this season, obviously, he's not yet played in midfield, but this season he's played as a centre back in a back four, a centre back in a back three. And yesterday he played as a, a right back or right, I should say, right wing back. Um, how do you think he did, did 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 there? Is there a case for him starting ahead of Trippier or also Sanchez is, is injured at the moment in that position? I would certainly start him there again against somebody like Brighton, you know, in in those kind of games or Bournemouth where we're, you know, if we need to rest players, mm. absolutely, I think he can do it. That's that's just what what he's Pochettino's trying to create anyway. I mean, I, I, it reminds me of the Dutch um, years ago when they. Their, their coaching systems where all the players play in all the positions when they're young. So they all become comfortable on the ball. And it always looks like it's a Pochettino works in that sort of system where they can all cover each other if needed. So, you know, I, I, I like what I like what I'm seeing anyway at the moment. And, and that's at the moment when you look at our injury list and we've just got through 
what possibly is one of the best sides of the world with Man City, and we've just done a number on them. So, you know, with with a with a side that's a little bit patch up, if you like, in places, and I, and I think that shows. We we forget that sometimes. You know, it's not not our full team out on any of those games. No. But City's bench, you look at look at City's bench yeah. and our bench. I mean, yep. it's it's ridiculous. We, you know, we unfortunately lost Lamella in the warm up too. So it was we were so up against it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question from Mr. Gaz. His Twitter handle is at Mr. Gaz underscore ICC. Why do you think we persist with a tactic of packing central defence, pulling the full back to mark the centre forward, and leaving the wing free? It is. It has been so all season and cost us three times on Wednesday against um, on Wednesday, and then he says also against Wolves and any other team that switched the ball wide quickly. Yeah, I, I, it's a good question, and I was looking at that myself. And you see, teams these days are coached with their fullbacks that stay compact, um, and then when the ball goes out wide, the fullbacks very quickly, or one of them, whichever side it is, will quickly go and shut it down. And I, and I think um, um, he's right with his question to, to, to ask that. Well, why are we doing it? Well, one of the reasons I think we did it against Man City particularly is someone like Guero, who loves to play um, with his back to play, he will back into that centre-back, put his arms behind him um, and, and making sure that the centre-back can't come round him, get the ball into feet while he's backing up fast. So sometimes he'll fall over and make out that the centre-back has just dragged him down. But if he hasn't got that, then whichever side he decides, if the ball's played just slightly one side of him, he'll turn that defender. Well, that's when you need your full-back to come in one side and to prevent that. So I understand that. If the full-back's not there, then as a, cha- a channel appears, and we always say, play that ball down the channel. So I can see why he's doing it. Um, in saying that, yeah, uh, Zach's right. Uh, okay, it's what happens is once that ball's gone out, and of course Sterling is, if, if Sterling gets a space, he is so dangerous. He can do so much damage because he's nippy. He's that quick. But um, Trippier did nothing about it. He didn't go charging in. He jogged up to him, so he allowed him to run at him, turn him. He then doesn't even really make a great effort into block it. I, I know it would have been difficult, but and even then. Toby doesn't come in far. So there were those moments, somehow, we started slowly. And we gave them every incentive to keep doing that. In saying that, Man City were doing the same thing. They left their flanks. The fullbacks pushed forward uh, to try and press us. And that's where those wide areas that Son and uh, uh, Lucas were, were, were destroying them. And we got our goals from that because we got that space out wide. And we left them slightly almost outnumbered. So where we were getting caught, we were catching them on the same thing. But yeah, we, it's just playing that that system better than that. That's the problem. We're not playing it well enough. I understand why we're playing it, but it's not good enough. And Trippier is just not up to up to his old form, I'm afraid. I don't know why, but then what Mark I thinks. I don't think I don't think any of our fullbacks have had great seasons. To be quite honest, I think there's times where we've We've coveted Rose, and I don't think he's exactly been fantastic. He wasn't that good for City's goals on Wednesday night. I thought, you know, he, he was in the wrong place. So our fullbacks haven't played well either this season. I don't think there's been any great performances. But then also, you know, we've struggled in central midfield. So these guys haven't had a lot of help, really, I don't think. Okay. Um Final, final question from Sam Ricketts. Um, Twitter handle Twitter handle is at Sam underscore Ricketts. He says, "Would you prefer Woolwich didn't exist, or do you in any way enjoy the rivalry?" Are you Mark? You know, I don't. It don't bother me that much. It just never really has done. You know, I don't. I don't compare to them. My first thought isn't to go look at their results. I, you know, I. I fucking hate West Ham and Chelsea just as much as I hate, I hate Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, 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 as it goes, you know. But uh, but by the same token, you know, if they put out a good performance, I'll say so as well. And you know, after our game on Wednesday, I had I had friends that are crazy Arsenal fans that can't wait to shit talk talk, talk Tottenham 
come out on Facebook and make posts saying fair play to Tottenham. He deserved it, you know. So no, it, that, I, I, there's not that much of a rivalry there for me. When we play him, absolutely. Do I want to finish above him? Absolutely, but it's not paramount. Paramount for me is us. It's all about us and our results. Yeah, I, I enjoy the rivalry, and and although I I could. It wouldn't worry me if Arsenal got relegated one season. I would like to see that and then come back up again. Clearly, I want to be above them. But that's what's fun about football. You know, it's that, it's that rivalry. I, I I don't like when it gets nasty. I, I can't, can't understand that. You know, I had yesterday with uh, a lot of City supporters actually came up to me and, and they high-fived me and said, well done, lads, you know, good good luck next round. I thought, that's great. And there was only one guy who, who walked past and said, you're deluded. You know, just well, thanks very much, mate. You know, you, you, yeah, he was pretty. pretty well, he said, he said, he said, Champions League, you're deluded, which was quite ironic, given that our team is in the, is in the semi-finals of the Champions League, and theirs aren't. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I. They've never I made it there either. No. Funnily enough, nope. you've never no. even been there. So, no. quarter-final best for them. So, no, I, I, I like the rivalry, and that, that's that's what's good for football. You've got to have an opponent to have a game, you know, and a good game. And that's what was good about Wednesday again. You go hark back to that. What a great sort of rivalry that one was uh, between us. And, and that's now going to uh, play out in the future. They'll be looking out for us a bit more because they want revenge. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't want them to um, to fold. I, 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 you know, for example, I, I want them to exist. And actually, I don't really want them to ever get relegated. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if they slipped into mid-table obscurity or or had one season where they were in a relegation battle. But ultimately, I want them to stay up because yeah, I do look forward. Mark, come on. You know, the funny thing though is like I, I I agree with you with like yeah, I'd love them to just you know turn to shit and struggle and be mid-table team. But unfortunately, we have a team like that in West Ham. And if we happen to lose to them, it's even worse for me. It's mm. even worse losing to a team that you consider just a pile of shit and a joke. Yeah, a few years ago, when when we started to improve as a team, albeit we were, um, we were still ending up finishing below them, I'm talking of the sort of Yol and then Redknapp mm-hmm. era, as they, they were... They were it coincided with them regressing a little bit and us improving, and I, f- I really felt at that time we were we'd bridged the gap at least in in so far as when we played them, I was more confident going into North London derbies than I was you know when early two thousand say or late nineties <laughs> when we they had the likes of Henri and Perez and they would just tear us apart and we had the likes of Doherty and Michael Brown and. Uh, yeah. and whoever else, um, uh, and you know, I, 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 in some senses, I quite like the idea of them and us being top four teams. Um, I don't mean a team that settles that's going to settle for fi- to finish fourth necessarily, but I mean you know, first, second, third, fourth, and and competing. Mm. You know, two top sides that are competing yeah. with obviously us um, coming out um, in front, and I quite like the the. You know, if they got relegated for a season, for example, or more, we wouldn't have the. Um, it'd be like yeah. Celtic and Rangers. We, we wouldn't have those North, North London derbies. Although sometimes they can be, sometimes all the time they can be quite on the day. I always I feel nervous. I feel a bit sick, um, but I still enjoy those occasions. But more so when we when we come out on top. Um, the one I'd quite like to see relegated, perhaps for a season, is Chelsea, simply because. Yeah. Um, then I'd I'd like to see if how how interested Abram, Abramovich is and how much money he can then throw at the problem and how many of those players would then stay um, and what would happen to their fan base. Um, but Chelsea uh, Chelsea are, Chelsea are uh, uh, hanging right now. They really are because if this transfer ban goes through and they cannot make transfers, even if it if, you know they keep going back and appealing and it's only one season, they lose Hazard. They're screwed. If if they lose Hazard and Kante wants out as well, 
you know, they've got all these other players that are just old and, and seem, it seems to me like this season that they're on a downward turn. I mean, Williams a fantastic player. He's been terrible this season. Pedro's just, you know, hot and cold. They Chelsea, we could seriously see Chelsea go back where they belong, and I really hope that happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I slightly agree with that. I, they've they've turned the, the the Premier League into something quite toxic at times. It's it's nasty. It's it's horrible. They're a horrible club, um, and all the money they've thrown in there, and it's just yeah. distorted the whole thing. It's a shame. You know, it's it's almost gone away from the ball being on the pitch, isn't it? Mm. Um, to being sort of more concerned what's happening off the pitch at times. So yeah, I wouldn't. I I, I would enjoy, enjoy to see their uh, demise. I must admit. Absolutely right. Um, the next podcast we will be recording um, will be this Saturday, Saturday evening, and um, the very same day we play. We find ourselves playing another one of our London rivals, West Ham. Um, my guest on that occasion will be Mark, I hope, um, yeah. and John Steggles, and we will talk about the West Ham game, we'll talk about the Brighton game earlier in the week, we'll have one eye obviously on on, on the first leg against Ajax, uh, and we'll look ahead to the Bournemouth 2, and, and as ever, take your questions and, and discuss whatever else happens to be on the agenda. Um, but until then, thank you, David. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And until next time, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's at its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green We've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt